This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Uh, if you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. If you got a phone, pull out your phone. And we go into Luke chapter 6. We've been uh, kind of spending some time there looking at the Beatitudes. We're in this series called Simply Jesus, and uh, we're going to continue today to look at this, this message that Jesus preached. Um, how many of you drive a lot? You used to drive a lot. Yeah, that's, that's definitely me. And, you know, I drive a lot just doing church stuff. You know, there's a lot of meetings I go to, kind of spread out with lunches and picking up things for the church or going to research, you know, something that we need for the church. And so I, I drive a lot just in general uh, on that end. But recently, I think I've totally crossed into the soccer mom, you know, world, okay? I am a soccer mom, okay? I promise you, all right? Um, or I'm more like a Uber driver for children, okay? All right? Uh, the other day, Michael has been playing a lot of basketball tournaments, and we were kind of going everywhere. And so uh, Monday morning, uh, he had a tournament uh, north of, is it, is it Sydney or Lima? Do you guys know where Lima is? Like way, uh, it was like north of Lima, okay? And the game started, his game started at 9 a.m., Monday morning, 9 a.m. So we had to be there at about 820 so we're up about 5 in the morning, and so I have Michael, and I have his friend, and, and so we play games. We have like eight games that day, and so it's late in the afternoon, and we're driving home, and Michael is, you know, he's got his headphones in. His friend's got his headphones in, and I'm like, now I know what Uber drivers feel like. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, so where are you guys going? You know, and like, how's your day? And no, there's no response. Like, there's just zero response. And I'm thinking to myself, like, am I really, like, that awful that you don't want to talk to me for, like, two hours and 45 minutes, you know? But this is kind of my life. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm driving, one of the things that I cannot stand when I'm driving is missing my exit. Can I get an amen for that? Especially, yeah, yeah, just, I mean, missing an exit will just throw me for a loop. And there's this place in Columbus, because we play a lot in Columbus for these tournaments, and I know, I know the exit. Like, I know it's coming, and I'm, I'm for like 10 minutes before the exit's coming, I'm thinking to myself, don't miss the exit. You know what the exit looks like. It's this weird, like, I don't know, like Columbus has some weird, like, transitions through it. And I'm always like, don't miss the exit. And I guess what? I miss the exit, like, every single time. I, I promise you, it's been like six times in a row now. I'm like, it's a world record for missing this exit, okay? Now, once I've missed the exit, I don't know about you, but I'm like the dad off Christmas Story. You remember the dad in Christmas Story when the furnace is going? He's like, freaking fracking river, river, you know what I mean? 
And I mean, like, the whole time, Jess is like, what are you mumbling? I'm like, I don't even know what I'm mumbling. I'm just so angry right now that I missed the exit. Because for me, the idea of traveling in the wrong direction just eats me alive. I'm just like, I know we're going in the wrong direction. And I know this is what bothers me. When I miss that exit in Columbus, it's like five miles down the road that you have to take to get to the next exit just to turn myself back around and to go the right direction, okay? And so this brings some, I don't know, intense feelings in my soul, if that makes any sense, okay? And it's not until I get on the right exit and onto the road that I'm okay. And I think the Lord works the same way in our lives. He knows that we're driving down the road of life. And he will bring an exit for us, okay? And this exit is really a moment for us to stop and get refueled, okay? I remember when uh, it was my first Sunday at Living Word Church uh, up in Dayton, my very first Sunday. And I was on this side because we had a door. Pastor Pat would come in from that side. And so I'm in worship and and I'm worshiping the Lord. And in the middle of worship, like the first day, it's my first day on staff, the Lord said to me, he said, you're on a journey, you're on a path, but this isn't your final destination. This is just a stop. This is just a stop. And I'm like, Lord, this is my first day. What do you mean? You know, I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, he's like, it's a refueling station. Sometimes the Lord will give us an exit and go, hey, I need you to take this exit because I need you to refuel your soul. I need your soul to be refueled so that you can continue the journey that I have in store for you. Now, a lot of times, we miss the exit. How many of you would say, yep, that's me, okay? Yeah, the rest of you are all liars and going to hell, okay? Let's just, okay, let's just be honest, okay? All of you are lying today, okay? We all miss exits. We all have moments that God is like, hey, This is the direction that I want for us. And we're like, yeah, I see it. But you're like, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm on my journey, and I'm on my path, and I got somewhere to go, and I don't have time to stop. And I really think that's typically the reason we miss the exits that God has for us. I don't think a lot of times it's on purpose. I think a lot of times we're busy. I think a lot of times we're just thinking about 20 other things that are going on in our lives and problems and things at work. And, you know, we got, we got basketball tournaments and we got to figure out dinners. Can I, just, can I just rant for a second? I hate figuring out dinner, okay? I mean, I would pay any of you to come figure it out for my family, okay? I mean, literally, I'll pay you money, real money, to come figure this out. Because every night... I call Jess, what's for dinner? I don't know, what's for dinner? You pick out what's for dinner. I'm like, I don't know what's for dinner. She's like, I, I don't care what's for dinner. And you know that's a lie. That is a lie, okay? I mean, it's just a bold-faced lie, okay? I mean, I, like, I, I called her last night. I'm like, listen, it's like 9 o'clock at night. I just left Walmart. I'm like, I'm in the Wendy's drive-thru. She's like, oh. Wendy's. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, this is the only place I'm going right now. So a lot of times we're missing exits in life, not, I don't think, out of blatant disobedience to the Lord. I think we're just busy. I think we're just focused on 20 other things in life. 
I think sometimes we mix exits with the Lord, too, because just like we talked about last week, we're just kind of living by what we feel. Last Sunday, we talked about this idea of just living life based upon how I feel and, and the misdirection that God will have, or we'll miss God's direction because we're living by what we feel. Now, I want to give a shout out. I know they're not here today, but put up, put up that first picture, okay? I thought this was so cool. Is it in there, Matt? Yeah? Yeah? We're good? No? All right, we'll come back to it. Well, we're good. We're good. We'll move on. We're, we're all good. Go with me, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, okay? God's going to give us a stop today. He wants to refuel us. Why? So that we don't run out of gas, right? Now, when I run out of gas spiritually, I know for me what happens is my flesh takes over. Anybody else feeling that? Yeah? Okay. So when I run out of spiritual gas, my flesh takes over, and then when my flesh takes over, it's not good for anybody in Jesus' name, okay? It's not good for me. It's not good for humanity. It's not good for anybody. So Luke chapter 6, verse 27, it says this. But to you who are willing to listen, I read this last week, to you that are willing to listen, Jesus is making a priority. He's saying, listen, not everyone that here's what I'm going to say is actually going to listen and take it to heart. This is huge, okay? Now, listen, most of us in the room here today, we're pretty frequent churchgoers, correct? Okay? I mean, we hear me. We hear podcasts of other preachers. Hopefully, you're reading the Bible yourself. So in the course of an entire year, I think there's a lot of things that we're hearing. We're hearing a lot of messages. We're hearing a lot of word. We're hearing a lot of things. But the question is, are we just hearing it or are we really listening? Because this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, this is a stop. And if you hear what I'm going to say, it's going to be a blessing to you. And it's going to be a blessing to others, okay? But you got to be willing to listen to what I say because what I'm about to say isn't, isn't, you know, it isn't like rainbows and unicorns, you know what I mean? Like, I think, like, we want this all the time. We just want to be told, like, man, like, God loves you. He's for you. He's never against you. And that's all true. But there are moments that Jesus goes, hey, I need you to listen because this is really important in life. And if you get this, it will bless your life, and it will bless other people's lives also, okay? So he says this. If you're willing to listen, he says this. I say to you, love your enemies. Can we boo Jesus really quick? I mean, can we just, like, boo Jesus right here, okay? He says, love your enemies. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Do good to those who hate you. At this point, I'm like, nope. no, no, do not want that. Verse 28, bless those who curse you. I'm, I'm driving with, with the boys and, uh, and Cam, KC's son, 
to, <laughs> to the Reds game a few weeks ago. And this lady, like, cuts me off on the highway. I mean, just, like, out of nowhere, like, cuts me off. And so, like, I, I honk at her. I might have honked a little longer than I should have honked, if you, if you get my drift here. But I did not say anything. I promise you, I did not say anything. And she just rolls down her window and stares at me and tells me I'm number one, like, for a good, like, two minutes. And I'm like, Jesus, you got to be joking. And I mean, in my head, I'm just like, Lord God, like, where's a flamethrower when I need one? You know, I'm just like, can I just like, you know, and just like. He says this, pray for those who hurt you. Oh, my gosh. No wonder Jesus said if you're willing to listen. No wonder. I bet you Jesus lost half the crowd that day. You know? They're like, hey, where's the free food? You know? Multiply some stuff. Heal some people, you know? Jesus says, hey, if you're willing to listen. Then he goes on to say this. He says, if someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. I mean, that was just not how I grew up. I mean, we're going to fight. You know, I mean, the only person I wouldn't fight in here is probably Hector. Okay, seriously. Hector would break me. He's like Bane. Okay, remember Bane and Batman? He'd break me, you know? He says this, if someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken from you, don't try to get them back. Verse 31. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Do to others. Treat people with kindness. Treat people with respect. Treat people with love. Listen, I, I promise you, this is something I, like, I really tried. This is like probably five, six years ago, the Holy Spirit started talking to me about this, okay? Because I'm, I'm typically not this person. So I don't know about you, but like if I go to like Wendy's or a drive-thru or whatever, I'm just kind of like to the point. I'm going somewhere. I don't want to have an engaging, you know, conversation. This happened to me the other day at TJ Maxx. I, I, was, buying, I was buying a suitcase, and I, and I brought it up, and I'm just like focused, and I'm tired, and I'm ready to go on. And the lady's like checking me out, and she goes, oh, it looks like you're going somewhere. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, do you think? You know what I mean? Like, I'm, that's, that's what I want to say, you know? And the Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 you know? I'm like, yes. And I, and I remember, like, the Lord was like, just look at her. You would want somebody to look at you. Like, engage her. You know, the Holy Spirit's like, can you imagine how many people blow her off all day? How many people treat her with disrespect? I mean, come on, let's just be honest. I... I, I doubt that she's making a whole lot of money running the register at TJ Maxx, right? The Holy Spirit's like, just treat her like I would treat her. And so I'm like, all right. Jesus is saying, if you're willing to listen, I have a stop. I have an exit that I need you to take because I need you to have some understanding about life about life, how I would live life. 
not how you would live life. See, that's what's interesting about the kingdom of God. God goes, yeah, I love you. Now come into my kingdom and learn my ways. Learn how I do things, not how you want to do things. Goes on to say this, verse 32. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners do that much. Verse 35 says, love your enemies, do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you'll be truly acting like the children of the Most High. And I love this line. It says this, for he, meaning Jesus, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Jesus is. Jesus cares about those, those people. Jesus says, love your enemies. I think it's interesting. Like, I feel like our list of who our enemies grows daily, especially with social media. You can be on social media. I know I've been on social media where, like, somebody posts something, and I don't even know this person. I have no idea who this person is. But I'm thinking, I can't believe you think like that. I can't believe that you would have that belief system. I can't believe that you would actually believe that that's a great idea. I'm just like, thank God. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because who knows what I would write sometimes. You know what I mean? Have you ever read comments on social media? I mean, you see the reality of humanity. And our lists are growing. And you know what's so interesting is this, this week coming up is like one of my favorite weeks of the year, July 4th. Can we give it up for July 4th, everybody? I mean, give it up for July 4th. I mean, how can you not like celebrating America and, and fireworks? I mean, whoever invented fireworks should be like, you know, we should make a statue for them, okay? I mean, let's build a statue for them, okay? And you get hot dogs. And so, I'm, listen, I'm extremely, this, especially this, this upcoming week. It's the 4th of July. We get Stranger Things 3 on the 4th of July. I mean, I'm like, we have fireworks and Stranger Things. And then on top of that, I am, I'm taking my beautiful wife and, and me and her on vacation this week. Can we give it up for that in Jesus' name, okay? So listen, I'm really excited about this week, okay? But let's talk about the fourth, okay? I love the United States. I make it very clear in here. I love the United States. I love our military. I love everything about this country. People ask me all the time, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? I'm like, I, nowhere. I love the United States. Like, there are the, from coast to coast, it is beautiful. There is so much to see in this amazing land that God has given us. Okay? And I am so grateful and I am so thankful that I live here. You know, Drew sends me these articles 
And he sent me an article by James Dobson. James Dobson, um, about a month ago, went to the southern border because he wanted to see firsthand for himself what was happening at the southern border. And in this article that James Dobson wrote, he wrote that 70% of the people who are showing up at the border are actually refugees from around the world. And he said that he's standing in America, looking across the fence at all these faces and all these families and all these children that have spent everything they have. And they're just looking for hope. We get it every day of our lives. We don't even understand. We have zero understanding what it's like to be able to go, yeah, you know what? Um, I just don't feel like going to church today. Who cares? In other countries, they don't even have that right. They don't even have the ability just to come and assemble and, and worship Jesus freely how they want. They don't have basic human rights. They don't, I'm just, I'm just so grateful that I live here and that God has blessed me to be here. I love the 4th of July because I remember those who have fought for us to have our freedoms. You know, like I, I think about my brother in the, in the three years that he spent in Iraq and the friends that he lost and the people that he fought next to that didn't come back home. And I'm like, man, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for this country. But it's interesting because in this country right now, on this 4th of July, we will celebrate the 4th of July as what? A divided nation. We will celebrate the 4th of July with all of us digging in, going, you know what? This is what I believe. And if you don't believe what I believe, then you are my enemy. Right? I don't know. I just, I don't remember the 4th of July like this when I was growing up. I don't remember a time like this. We're divided. And we have enemies, and we have enemies that we've never even met before. And Jesus goes, hey, I need you to stop. I need you to take an exit. And I need you to learn from me, from me, from heaven. Because here's the deal, okay? I, I say this all the time. I know that I know that I know that the coming of the Lord is so soon. It is so soon. And you can, you can believe whatever you want. If you don't want to believe that, that's fine. It's, it's totally okay. But there is, there is sign after sign after sign, biblical sign, biblical sign after sign after sign telling us what? That Jesus is coming soon. So in my heart... In my heart, I can feel heaven pressing in 
going, I need you. I need you. Not just for the people who like you. Not just for the people who agree with you. Not with just the people who stand with you. I need you to go get my people. Listen, I am beyond excited about this fall. I can feel heaven stirring my soul. I can feel heaven preparing. There are families and there are children and there are students and there are individuals that are going to walk into our doors this fall looking for hope. And we are putting together some Holy Spirit plans. I'm just like, it's just like God's got a download from heaven to me right now about this fall and the things we're going to do this fall. And I'm just beyond excited. But I tell you this, we have to learn to love correctly. And I understand, look, Matthew chapter 24 told us that this is what it was going to be like. This is what Matthew chapter 24, verse 37 says this, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. Noah's telling everybody, listen, the flood's coming. Come join us. Come get into the boat. Save yourself. Save your family. And people just went right on living life. It's 2019. We're in that same day. What was happening in Noah's days? People were living by whatever they felt. People were doing whatever they wanted. People called right, wrong, and wrong, right in Noah's day. And we're in that day now. Same time frame. And we need our flesh to take a moment and go, okay, Jesus, what would you have to say about us as believers, Christians, the representation of Jesus. You are the representation of Jesus to somebody. What would you have to say to us? And he says this, if you're willing to listen, I say to you, love your enemies. Do good those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. So what is Jesus giving us? He's saying, listen, I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask me some questions. So, for the first time ever in Elevate Church history, I want you to do something, okay? Take out your phone, if you got your phone, okay? And I want, I, want you, I want you to take out these phones. I want you to write these questions, okay? These are questions that we need to ask the Lord, okay? Because the Lord is the Lord of wisdom. He is not the God of confusion. He's the God of wisdom. He's the God of understanding. And he will give us clarity on what he thinks. So here's the first question, Okay? First question is, God, which of my enemies would you like me to love on? Tell me the last time you prayed that. <laughs> Never. Hey, God, um, so there's a bunch of people I don't like, you know? Which one of them do you want me to love? Who would you want me to love? All these people that I don't like and don't believe and don't agree with. See, here's the deal. Typically, 
they're an enemy because they've done something hurtful to you or your family, right? They're an enemy. And God says, love your enemies. So the question is, God, who do you want me to love? And then when you tell me to love somebody, what, what is probably the first step in loving that person? I would say this. It's probably going to be forgiving them, and then what? Blessing them. Forgive them, and then bless them. We got a piece of mail yesterday at our house. Um, from a family back in Michigan. Um, it's a wedding invitation. And, and, and I understand going to this wedding means that I have to see a bunch of people who said a bunch of hurtful things about me and my family after we left. And I'm not talking about, like, just, like, run-of-the-mill things. I mean extremely hurtful things that were said, that were written, false truths about me, my character, my wife, our family. And I got this, I got this wedding invitation. As soon as I opened it up, the Holy Spirit goes, you're going to go to that. You're going to go to that. And so I called up Jess, and I said, hey, I got this wedding invitation September 6th, I said, I think we should go. And she said, no way. She's like, we are not going to that. And I said, no, in Jesus' name, we are going to go to that. We're going to go. And we're going to walk in love. And we're going to walk in joy. And we're going to walk in unforgiveness. And we're going to go. And we are going to bless everybody. No matter what they said no matter what they did, we're going to bless. See, the reality is you forgive and bless who you choose to, right? Okay? But Jesus' followers, followers of Jesus, they bless and forgive. Why? Because you are blessed and forgiven. You get that? So you walk in what you have received, You've received forgiveness. You've received grace. God has blessed you. And so you walk as a follower of Jesus in the same footsteps Jesus would. Jesus forgave you before you could even ask for forgiveness. Jesus blessed you before you could even ask for a blessing. So you walk as he walks. Question number two is this, okay? It says, God, who would you like me to Pour your goodness out that hates me. God, who would you want me to pour out your goodness on, but these people, they hate you. They don't like you. They're an enemy. Let me give you a hypothetical, okay? Let's say, let's say you know Mary, okay, and if there's any Marys in the house today, we're not talking about you, okay? All right. Let's say there's Mary, and Mary's at your job, and Mary is an activist, okay? And Mary believes a bunch of things that you don't believe personally. Mary believes a bunch of things that we as a community of Jesus followers 
don't believe. And because you are a Jesus follower, okay, Mary does not like you. It could be Mary, it could be Joe, it could be Frank. I don't know. I don't know why Frank, okay, but just it could be anybody, okay? And, and these people have a belief system that is 100% different than our belief system, right? And Jesus is going, listen, I want you to pour out my goodness upon them. You're like, guys, Jeff, Pastor Jeff, it's July 4th. You know, like, this is way too deep. You know what I mean? You're like, the sun's out. We want to be happy, you know? You know what God says about Mary? He goes, listen, Mary's my daughter. And Mary's just deceived. Right? Eve was deceived. We get deceived, and God goes, hey, can you pour out my goodness upon her? Because this is what the, this is what the word says. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says, are you actually unaware or ignorant of the fact that God's kindness led you to repentance? Do we really believe that us firing back on Facebook is going to be the answer? Do we really believe that shaming people is the answer? I mean, do we really believe that excommunicating people is the answer? Because, I mean, I'll be, if I'm just being honest, like, I think that's probably what I do. I'm just like, oh, you don't believe what I believe, so I won't even talk to you. I'll just kind of act like you don't exist. And I'll just kind of take my family, and we'll just kind of be over here, and I'll shelter my family, and we'll just keep you as far away as possible. Right? I mean, do we really believe that this is what Jesus would do? Because I think if Jesus was here, man, he would freak all of us out. He'd be hanging out because we couldn't believe he's hanging out. He'd be talking to people that we couldn't believe he's talking to. Can you just feel the Holy Spirit right now? Just like. You get it? Jesus goes, I just, I need some people that will love some people. I need some people that will bless some people. I need some people that will walk. In my ways, and not and not their and not their own ways. I love what First Corinthians chapter five, verse five through eight says. It says this: After all, who is Apollos? Who's Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work God gave to us. Verse six: I planted the seed in your heart, but Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. Verse 7. It's not important who does the planting and who does the watering. Get it? Paul goes, it doesn't matter if somebody plants. 
It doesn't matter if somebody waters. All that matters is that we plant and we water. Okay? He's saying it's all that matters. Verse 8. The one who plants and the one who waters works together in the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. So what is Paul saying? Paul's saying, listen, you guys got to understand this. He's saying, listen, we are so driven to seeing an instant result, right? Okay? I mean, like, we were making bacon in the microwave the other day, and it was taking, like, five minutes, and I'm just, like, smelling the bacon. I'm like, can this just get done quicker? You know what I mean? Like, I need a bacon sandwich right now in my mouth. You know what I mean? We're, right? We want, we want a result. And this, this has happened in church where we want somebody to just hear the gospel and everything changes overnight. And that's just not the reality all the time. But Paul goes, I need some people who will plant love. I need some people who will sow God's goodness. I need some people that will love in ways they could have never imagined they would love before. I need some people. And listen, let me be completely honest. Listen, I think the struggle in, in, in Jesus' followers' hearts is this. You feel like, well, if I love this people group, or if I love this person, or if I walk in this kind of grace for this situation, then it's me accepting who they are or what they believe or the sin that they're in. And it's just not true. Listen, Jesus sat at the well with a woman who was in five affairs. And what did he do? He blessed her. He blessed her. He came to her. He didn't make her come to him. He went to her, and he blessed her. Talk about a people group that hated him. Talk about people that wanted nothing to do with him. Talk about people who cursed him. And Jesus went to him, to her, at the well. Worship team, come up. You guys can stand with me today. Stand on up. Number three question is this. Number three question is this. God, who has hurt and offended me that you want me to bless? God, who has hurt and offended me that you want me to bless? At the end of that scripture, it says this. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. So we're going to end today by doing exactly what the Word of God commands us to do. To pray. See, prayer, prayer is the gateway to heaven, okay? Prayer opens up your spirit. And when we pray, that's when the Lord can give us a download, okay? 
I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but I know for me, either when I'm in prayer or I'm in worship, like the Lord will bring up somebody and go, hey, I need you to forgive that person. I need you to love that person. I need you to bless that person. Because you're in this like, you're in this pipeline with heaven. Does that make sense? And the Holy Spirit comes and he gives you revelation. say something. I don't mean it meanly. But in church, there's some Sundays kind of like this, and I think sometimes we think, I just wanted a a message for me. And the Lord goes, I know, but but I got a bunch of people who need life. And this whole thing, this whole thing, about that. I've been saying it over the last couple weeks and I can just feel the Lord tugging and tugging on my soul. Listen, this building isn't for us. I mean, it is for us, but it's for everyone else out there that needs the goodness of God. Let's start somewhere in our own soul first. Listen, I'm going to make you a promise. I used to do this as a youth pastor. This fall, we're going to do this series called 123. Okay? It's going to start the second week after September, after Labor Day weekend, because I understand most of you will be somewhere else. Okay? So we'll start the second week. It's called 123 because we have 123 days before the first of the year. And how many of you know that we all have this thought pattern? Well, first of the year, I'm going to change all these things in my life. And we never do it. So my amazing wife came up with this idea that there was 123 days before the first of the year. Why don't we talk? about real things that are going on in people's lives that need to change and let the Lord come those things. So this fall, we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about fear. We'll talk about anxiety. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about raising kids. We're going to talk about uh, just, just a plethora of things that are going on in your life but are going on in people's lives. And they need Jesus. And so I would tell our youth group all the time, I tell them, listen, if you bring your friend, I promise you they'll get saved. And I promise you this, if you bring somebody this fall, they'll get saved. I promise you. I promise you. It won't be me. It will be all Jesus. They will get saved. Okay? Doesn't mean their life will be perfect, but they will give their life to the Lord and they will start a journey with Jesus. I promise. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.